moving tombstone minute by minute. This is minute 117, and I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined, join with me here. Hey, it's Joe. Greetings, listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like I said, we're on minute 117, Joe, and in this minute, Doc Holliday really doesn't want to play cards, Mm-mm. which shows you how much he's grown as a character. <laughs> Because generally, early in the movie, there's no way he could have resisted this. Yes. Correct. Uh, so we start to get a little emotional here. Um, and uh, Doc tells him, he says, you know, you're the most valuable, stubborn, self-deluded, bullheaded man I've ever known in my entire life. Uh, he... Uh, I guess he could have updated that to include uh, what was one of the frailties he mentioned before? Self pity. Yes. Could add self pitying. Uh, just to compare, in the book or in the original script, he says you're the most valuable, wrong headed, self deluding, just generally benighted jackass I've ever known. I think jackass should have been in what he said. I'm a big fan of that term. Yeah, it doesn't fit Doc, though. He doesn't say things like that. <sighs> I guess not to a friend. Although, I mean, he sort of does. Like, he kind of, like, earlier in the movie, he makes the peers of Driven Snow, and, you know, he kind of... Uh, he teases people, but he uses... He's he's more of a language sophisticant, I guess. I just think... It's like the term jackass. I'm, I'm always a fan. It's like a thing I love to hear at, like, a sporting event where... Oh, yeah, it's a great word. Someone gets frustrated, like, with, like, a you know, a batter in a baseball game. Like, ah, what kind of swing is that, you jackass? (laughs) Or something people say every three minutes when they're listening to our podcast. That's true. (laughs) Uh, So Wyatt here is just pushing the game forward. He just still wants to play. Um, He didn't even listen to what Doc said. No. Uh, And I I will say this. I, this is uh, some of the insight you get when you listen to a minute by minute podcast. Uh, there's a bug crawling on Doc's hand. Did you notice that? That happens a lot in this movie. Like flies land on people's faces and stuff during shots. I haven't. I never really. I didn't really ever bring it up before. I wonder if the fake sweat attracts flies. Maybe there's a little honey in it. <laughs> I'm uh I'm drinking some mead right now, which is made with honey, and maybe they use mead to made make all that sweat. That's the secret. That would be pretty uncomfortable to have meat all over you (laughs) why don't you spritz some meat on your face for this recording and see how (laughs) how you hold up okay i'll see what happens maybe my mouth will like stick together and there won't be any sounds from me that sounds that would be our best episode yet (laughs) be like the tin man in wizard of oz (laughs) uh there's this bug crawling uh and then he does. Now we get to where Doc sort of says a nice thing. He says, uh, yet with all, you're the only human being in my entire life who ever gave me hope. Um, that's a really sweet thing to say. True. And if uh, Wyatt would have listened to your advice, he would have never heard it from his good friend Doc. Mm. So he selfishly stuck around so he could get a compliment. Yes. How, how nice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's something that Doc really needed to share. Also... Also, don't forget, he handed him that package. He Maybe it was really important. Maybe it was cigarettes. Or he just picked up his mail. <laughs> he got this in the mail. 
I guess Amazon ships on Sundays now. <laughs> um, I yeah. also think, I think that Kurt Russell is very good in the scene. Yeah. Sure. It's just too bu- too much of a bummer. I don't like it. I don't know you, how I'm going to get through this week. So just in general, you're just not a fan of of just this movie ending with uh, Doc's death. I don't know. It just. I just want it to be fun. The movie's <laughs> emotionally uneven somewhat. I, I Actually, I guess the problem is is it feels like we've already had the scene already in the ranch. Well, oh, okay. That's actually... I'm all right with that. That's a, that's a fair criticism. I was going to say that um, I like everything that we have here in the sanitarium. What I don't like is the stuff that comes afterwards. Um because I think this is the clearly the relationship we care most about. Yeah, and I par- I'm partly bummed out because I know it just gets worse. Um, but I think both Val Kilmer and Kurt Russell are great. And uh, for a sequence that I'm kind of shocked at how long it is, it doesn't feel this long. Like, you know, we're going to spend about five weeks on this, and it doesn't five seem weeks. like Five weeks? I'm sorry. It's a 25 minute. Ingmar Bergman came in and wrote and directed this uh, death sequence. It's 25 minutes long. Doc's about to tell a story about <laughs> having sex with somebody on, at the beach. Well, it's funny. You're not that far off on the story he does tell. The director is watching uh, the Persona was his favorite movie. Mm-hmm. So this is his tribute to that. Cries and whispers with <laughs> Val Kilmer. Um, so... We we do find out something really important uh, to Doc's history and, I guess, character, is he starts to tell um, Wyatt about his first cousin. And uh seems like something that uh, Doc really wanted to tell someone about, and I'm glad that Wyatt was there to hear it. He didn't listen to you and just storm off, never visited his friend. Um, but uh, he tells a story about his first cousin, and we kind of learn that you know they had a relationship together and then she just sort of uh so they found out about her affair their affair and then she joined the covenant um do you know much about this joe no okay. i cannot i just assumed you would tell us i do know something about it but before i jump into it i just have a question do you think do you think this story is worth telling in this movie? No. Like, you think it would just be better if he didn't tell the story about there's this cousin he loved? I, I don't I don't understand what the point of it is, I guess. But maybe when I hear your your elaboration on it, it'll be different. Well, I, I the reason I ask now before I, I talk about it is because you would have no idea, right? I mean, I guess that's kind of my problem with it is either – let's spend time on this or not because as a viewer you especially in the in the original cut of the movie that we're watching as far as you know kate is still in the picture like i mean there's not like a goodbye sequence between kate and doc no she just disappears yeah she's just no longer in the movie you just sort of assume you know once i I assume that she left him he's he got too sick to have fun with and make money with so she's just gone I guess I always just assume that like he's just gonna finish that ride and then come back, similar to what Josephine and 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 Wyatt, and what we assume would be the case with Allie, 
Um, oh, I guess never mind. He went home. Virgil's not part of that ride. Ugh. Nope. Okay. Well, um, I dug in a little bit to sort of find out a little more about this. It's quite fascinating. Uh, I'm going to give credit to where I'm reading from because I think I should. It is um, (laughs) – I I read this on Sweethearts of the West, which (laughs) you can – which is authors writing romance set under Western skies. You can – Hold on. (laughs) Fictional? No, I think this is all real because I double-checked this with another source. This, I think, just told the story more succinctly that I decided to use. Uh, but you can find more of these at sweetheartsofthewest.blogspot.com. My God. <laughs> okay. So, when Doc was younger, um, he and his cousin, guess what her name was, Maddie, hmm. were best of friends. And during their teen years, the friendship turned into a romance. But they were first cousins, and family members pressured them to end their involvement. Some folks say it was their tragic love affair that sent Doc West and her to become a nun. Um, And what happened is they became fast friends after Doc's father remarried uh, a few months after his wife died. Doc was 14 and gravitated towards his uncle, which means he would have seen Cousin Maddie more. So this sort of makes sense. Um, And then 10 years later, uh, after Doc left... Um, Georgia Maddie, which is her name, entered a uh, a convent and became Sister Mary Melanie. And Maddie corresponded with Doc all of his life, but ultimately burned the letters exchanged by the two of them after his death. Okay? Now it gets even more interesting. Maddie's uncle was Margaret Mitchell's great-grandfather. Now, Margaret Mitchell is the woman who wrote Gone with the Wind. Interesting. And years later, when Maddie was a nun and she was Sister Melanie, she became like she became friends or acquaintances of Margaret Mitchell, uh, who visited her uh, in Atlanta. And Mitchell is said to have asked her if she could name a character after her in the story she was writing, in which Sister Me- Melanie replied, "Just make her a good person." So then she wrote the character in the movie. Um, Melanie Wilkes, which I think is like Scarlett Johansson's sister-in-law or best friend or... Scarlett Johansson? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Scarlett O'Hara. Scarlett (laughs) O'Hara. Scarlett Johansson, yes. Scarlett O'Hara. So she is... um, uh, She's a sister-in-law and and, and eventually Scarlett O'Hara's best friend. So how about that little connection? That is juicy. Isn't it? I've never seen Gone with the Wind. You know what? I haven't either. I feel like... Um, Gone with the Wind, minute by minute. <laughs> that's too long of a movie, Joe. Yeah, that's a good point. No one would ever do a movie that long. <laughs> uh, so that's all I really have on this minute. Uh, I guess that I, I, uh, I dug into that a little bit. And I double checked it, or somewhere else I read about that with her, with his cousin, and that connection to, um, connection to Gothwin. Also, I can't imagine someone would have made that up. That seems absurd, but maybe they did. It's fact, though. It's canon now. <laughs> it's on the podcast. So. Yep. All right. So I uh, guess. Oh, go go ahead. ahead. No, Rob. Please, I insist. 
I guess that was what I'm ultimately trying to get at is what if that was it sounds like we both agree that the little cousin line shouldn't be mentioned at all. But what if it was a bigger part of the story? Do you just don't think that's this is the movie to tell that story? I guess it's not the time, really. Like, it just goes nowhere. And I don't think it's the right moment to learn that about him. Like, it would have been better inserted, like, somewhere towards the middle of the movie. Or maybe the beginning of the third act or some quiet moment where they talk. Well, also, I'll be honest... When I first watched this movie or growing up watching it, I just thought Kate was his first cousin. Well, uh, okay. Just because, like, there was no other female characters that was I ever saw of Doc, and he mentions being in love once, and it was his first cousin. Yeah, but why? If it was big, if it was big nose Kate, I feel weird saying that name. Why would he have to tell Wyatt about her? He already knows her. Maybe he was telling him that that was that that they were cousins. Why would he so? refer to it as his cousin? Because he was her. telling he was telling D- Wyatt that Kate's his cousin, but at no point in the speech refers to her by name. Nope. But that's I listen. I was a kid. That's what I thought. No, nothing else really. They don't add much more context for anything I guess else. It's, and plus, you're mostly watching these movies, uh, worrying about intruders. <laughs> so you're you're a little stressed out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's too much like, cortisol in your blood, and you're. You're, you're not thinking straight. Watching movies at Henry Hooker's ranch, never know who's McMaster's is going to be dragged in front of your yard. <laughs> um, do you have anything else on minute one seventeen? We are we are fast approaching the end of uh, non credit minutes. Yeah, what do you think White's going to do about this money that he owes Doc? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I. <laughs> All right, follow-up question. Okay. If Doc owed him money, do you think before he left he'd demand payment? Maybe that's what was in that – but maybe uh, – to answer your first question, maybe that's what was in that package. It was $17. <laughs> I hope here, so. Here, I got something for you, and Doc doesn't want to look at it, and it's just like he opens it up. He opens up, it's just $17. They're square. <laughs> uh, I don't think – Doc, I don't think Wyatt would have actually wanted the money back from Doc, but in order to avoid any real conversation about emotions, would have kept asking him about it. <laughs> okay, but, but yes, before we say goodbye, we've got to settle up. <laughs> yeah, real quick. No, I don't want to hear about that. Uh, just, uh, you owe me some money. You're going to Venmo that or what? <laughs> Boy, you're uh, dropping a lot of brand names on this episode. Yeah, well, you know, you, you got me all excited with that uh, Netflix promo I heard earlier. Yeah, true. Sorry. All right. Well, um, I think we'll uh, I think we're good, right? Good for one minute one seventeen. We got a we got a Huckleberry tomorrow. Returning Huckleberry. Indeed. I'm excited. Me too. And all we right. should uh we should thank Rob again for that amazing tombstone minute, minute by minute our listeners heard yeah. on Saturday. That's right. That's why it's okay for these to be a little shorter for us. We gave we already gave them extra content. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be sad when uh, when he just takes over and gets, runs us out of town. Our, our podcasting business is gone. Our entire the empire we built yes. crumbled at the <laughs> barbaric hordes of Rob. <laughs> the other one. The other one. <laughs> All right. We'll be back tomorrow with Minute 118.